my name is Heather Osgood, the founder of True Native Media. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Hey listeners, welcome to today's session. Great to have you with us again today. Have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Heather Osgood, and she is the founder of True Native Media, a boutique podcast representation agency specializing in podcast advertising. With an extensive background in radio advertising, the love for podcasting, Heather was in a unique position to start an agency that could help both advertisers get better results and assist podcasters in finding sponsors. She's an influential voice in the podcast advertising space and has sold over 50,000 ads in the last five years. She's also got her own podcast called Money Makers Creator. It's a course designed for podcasters who want the formula, tools, and tactics to get advertisers in six weeks. Heather, a massive welcome to you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's great to have a, another podcaster on the on the show with me as well. I think it's really cool. I tend to invite, uh, have a lot of leaders around the world in various aspects of business, but having another podcaster is always a pleasure to have them with me because, you know, they understand this whole thing, how it works out, which is pretty cool. I understand that you have another podcast. Tell us a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. So my business is all about, as you said, podcast advertising. And so, gosh, it's been a few years now. Um, I started the podcast advertising playbook. And on that show, I talk nothing except for just about podcast advertising, which, you know, is super fun for for those of us in the industry to listen and kind of geek out on. But it's been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, yeah, good. And whereabouts in the world are you today? So I am in Sarasota, Florida. Mm, Florida. Nice. So you're in spring now, right? You're going into that nice period of time and yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I moved to Florida about a year ago, so I'm relatively new to it. But yes, it is definitely spring and we haven't got hot and humid yet. We're just in this lovely kind of 75 to 80 degree days. So I'm, I'm enjoying it for sure. Awesome. And when Heather is not doing podcasting on the advertising side of things, what do you tend to do like interests and hobbies outside of that? I love to walk. So for my 40th birthday, I walked 40 miles oh. and I could just walk all day. I listen to, of course, podcasts and lots of audiobooks, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. 40 miles. And wow, that would have been really good. 
Did the yeah, it was fun. Did the family and friends go with you? Or was it just you? Yeah, no, it was great. So I invited um, my friends to come along. And so I had different friends that joined me for different portions. I had one friend that did the whole thing with me, which was really neat. But wow. it was it was kind of a, a fun milestone. Excellent. Well, we're talking about leadership is changing here. How did you get into leadership? So I got into leadership as an entrepreneur. I started my career actually in retail sales, and I was a retail store manager for a little while when I was really young. And then I got into ad sales, and I did that for many, many years. But gosh, I was doing the math before I got on the show with you, and I've been a business owner now for 17 years. And as a business owner, I think you're in a really unique position because most business owners don't know a ton about leadership. And um, it certainly has taken me many years and, you know, reading lots of books and going to different, you know, courses and and seminars and listening to podcasts and working with coaches um, to help improve my leadership skills. But I really feel that being in an entrepreneurial role and having a team is what has allowed me to, you know, scale up and, and step up my leadership skills. Yeah, it's quite interesting how a lot of us being entrepreneurs, we're the, we are the person, right? It's us at first, unless you buy another business, which has already got people. But we tend to be just us. And then next time we're having to try and lead ourselves. And then we're having to then bring a team on board and start to think about other people as well. And that whole transition is really interesting. How did you find the transition between, say, yourself and if you brought others on board? How was that transition for you? Well, originally I had business partners. So in my hmm. first venture, I had business partners and I've always kind of gravitated to the natural leadership role. So even in that company, I was the CEO of that organization and I managed all of our staff and I made some really bad mistakes. You know, when I first started, I think back on some of the things I did and I was like, gosh, what was I thinking? So it definitely was a rocky start for sure. And I also have found that there is a big difference between leading a person or having an independent contractor and then having an employee and having one employee is very different than having five employees or 10 employees. So there are different levels, I think, of growth that's appropriate as you grow with a team. And really, it's about figuring out how you can structure what each of of those people are doing. And then I think um, most importantly and most difficult is what exactly is your role as a leader? You know, when you are in the business of doing, you know, of course, there's the famous E-Myth book, which all entrepreneurs, you know, should read if they haven't. And I know most have, but when you're doing your business, it's very easy. You know, I can tell you, I could talk to you all day long about how to sell advertising, right? Like that's what I knew how to do. But knowing how to become a leader and even just knowing what are your tasks as a leader on a day-to-day basis, there's a big transition that happens there. So you can stop doing and start leading. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. And what exactly is your role as a leader? This is, that's a very good question to actually ask yourselves, depending what whatever you're doing. What is your role and uh, what are you responsible for and what are others responsible for too? Because if you know what your uh, swim lane is, as we call it a lot of times, and understand what you're doing, then you can actually do things and and make sure that you're staying in that lane and not crossing to other areas or them them crossing to your area too. Because I think a lot of times what happens is that becomes very confusing for people and it's really important for us to be clear on who's doing what. (laughs) Now, a lot of people, whether they're being entrepreneurs and large corporates, whatever, that we get influenced by various leaders in our lives. And now this person could be alive or from history. Who is your favorite leader and why? 
Sarah Blakely is my favorite leader. So Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx, which are the shapewear, kind of the original shapewear for women. And the reason that I really like Sarah is because she has been a very authentic leader. So first she founded, you know, a a huge, very, very profitable organization and she started it out of her house. And so she started with very humble beginnings and then she was able to build her company up to the point where in October of 20. 21, she sold the majority share of her organization. And I think it was over, I think it was like 1.2 billion is what she sold it for, which is obviously a huge amount. But part of what I really respect about her is her authenticity. And, you know, just even watching her on her Instagram page with like her four kids, like her kids will often look like she hasn't like bathed them or groomed them in, you know, months and years. And, you know, here she is like super successful and she's just really willing to be honest. The other thing that I just really respect about her is her ability to, you know, nurture her staff and the people that help her get where she is. So when she sold the company, she gave her employees each $10,000 and two plane tickets, round trip plane tickets to anywhere in the world. And you know, I just thought that that was such a neat testament to her, you know, desire to help give back to people who had really helped make her who she was. And so for those really reasons, I really admire her. Awesome. Ah, really good. And if you were to sit on a park bench with Sarah, having a cup of coffee together, what would be one question you would ask her? So I would ask her if she felt like there was a turning point between when her business was small and when she was able to scale it, you know, to be transparent while my business currently is very successful and doing more than most female entrepreneur businesses do in terms of revenue. I'm very proud of that. I still feel that there is a big gap between smaller kind of more mom and pop businesses to larger corporations and making that transition is really difficult. Like we were talking about going from, you know, just one employee to several employees or as you grow, there are different challenges that you face. And I would love to talk to her about how she was able to navigate that. Great. Now, congratulations to you on your, what you're talking about, your revenue and and, and going really well in that. What's, what drives you in your business? It drives me to be constantly learning and growing. I really believe that, you know, I'm not the type of person who wants to sit still. I always want to be pushing myself to do something that's just outside of my kind of my comfort zone and to really give myself that challenge to see where I can go. And I know that I can accomplish a lot, but oftentimes I've had, I had a coach tell me once that I needed to dream a bigger dream. And that's something that I always think about. And for a long time, I had that posted on my wall, like dream a bigger dream. So what is it, you know, oftentimes we play small, especially I think as a female founder, it's easy to feel like we're limited. You know, maybe we have responsibilities to take care of our children or a household and we feel limited in our capacity to grow. So really just trying to push myself beyond what I think I can accomplish. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you say that because I find that, I mean, I've coached a lot of female leaders around the world and there seems to be that common theme sometimes coming through around them actually dreaming bigger or actually thinking bigger or actually going out and doing things because when they do, they do way better than anyone else. And it's really amazing to see it. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. 
And I, I just find that I just wish they would do more like that. And I think a lot of it is that to encourage them to do it. But I also find it's actually quite interesting how that same kind of mindset or that same kind of thing happens for people, whether them being male or female, living in a smaller country than others. And mm-hmm. they, they talk about that and they talk about, and I, I hear men and women in New Zealand, as an example, talking about, oh, you know, little old me in little old New Zealand. I'm like, no, that, that thinking needs to change because when we when Kiwis go out there on into the global stage, we punch about above our weight. We do really well. And I think that it's about a mindset about how we think possibly differently to then actually go out there and do things. And I think that's that's really cool what you've shared there because, yeah, I mean, dream a bigger dream. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, nice way of putting it. Thanks. The show here is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that title or that statement, what does that mean for you? I definitely think that leadership is changing. I think back to my early years in my career and the way that I was, you know, perhaps coached or mentored. And then I look at our world today and it is so much different than it was at the early stages of my career. And so for sure, leadership is changing. And, you know, I think that it has so much to do with the fragmentation of our world we have become so fragmented and really the way that we approach things is so much different, right? If you were thinking about a very contained structure in the past, it was easy to say like, oh, this one person was at the top. And there were, you know, there were, and there still are, of course, a handful of corporations that, you know, far exceed revenues than other organizations, but there is so much more opportunity now. And I think that because of all of that fragmentation, it changes the way that we approach leadership. Mm -hmm. Did you see when we were going through the last couple of years of pandemic and that, did you see organizations or leaders, some step up and others who didn't have the title of manager or or leader step up? And then others who are leaders and managers that didn't step up. Did you did you see that kind of scenario? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, and obviously, I think that there is like the whole resig, you know, the the large resignation, yeah. you know, where so many people quit their jobs. And I I do think that part of that resignation was individuals coming to terms with whether they really wanted to be in this role anymore, right? And I think when we when it comes to leaders. You've got a, f- a few different, you know, camps of people, right? You had the leaders who are very used to institutional leadership, the way that we maybe thought about it 10 or 20 years ago. And, you know, I think there's a level of discomfort in how is this changing, right? If, if I approached, you know, leadership in this standard way, and now all of a sudden that doesn't work, perhaps they didn't want to move forward with that. And then you have people who maybe were in leadership positions and had that adaptability and they were able to really make the changes to see how their employees needed or their teams needed to be treated and respond well to them. And then I think you've obviously got this up and coming group of leaders who maybe not only are setting the narrative, but are willing to step up and become leaders themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good good points. Thank you. Now, what we've been talking about is that, you know, the pandemic and so forth. And I think that's pretty made or amplified things for us as well. But I think yes. life is getting faster and faster for all of us, whether it be data, whether it be science, technology, business, social. In fact, the podcast industry is getting faster and faster as we 
as we talk about it. Now, what actually makes a leader successful today in a fast-paced, ever-changing world? What's your thoughts on that? I really believe the most important thing as a leader is your ability to listen. And I will say, I've not always been a very good listener, and I'm sure that I still have more opportunities to listen. But when we think about listening, we need to think about a few things. So first off, we have to listen to those closest to us and our team members, right? So we have to make sure that we are not always just talking at them, but that we really are thinking about this idea of listening to the things that they say, right? So how are we listening to the things that they say? The other thing that I think is so important is that we're listening to to the world in general, right? Because we have so many different things that are happening out in the world and in society. And I find oftentimes, especially in, you know, in the entrepreneurial space where people just put their heads down and they you know, they just work and they're not paying a close enough attention to what is happening around them, right? So it's really important that you're you're listening to your team, but you're also listening to social cues and how things are changing in the environment around you. You know, like we were just mentioning, there's a great book that I love called Reinventing Organizations. It's by Frederic Laloux. And he talks so much about this idea of, you know, leadership isn't what it used to be. And it used to be such a pyramid and it isn't that anymore. So it's really important that we're much, I think, being much more personable than leaders used to be is is really important. And looking at the overall contribution that we're making as an organization, but also people want to feel like they're part of something that is greater than themselves. And if you as a leader can't provide that motivation for someone, I think that's when you lose them, mm-hmm. right? You lose their attention. People aren't just motivated by money. And I I feel like that has been such a hard lesson for me to learn because people need a certain amount of money to be motivated, right? And so it's like, where is that balance between I've got enough money and I'm paying myself, my staff well enough to allow the business to thrive and them to thrive, but also giving them this bigger lesson and this bigger, you know, contribution to them is allowing them to thrive in this way. So when you as a leader are able to listen, I think you can be much more responsive. Yeah, good points. And I think actually you can learn probably too. So they might learn a lesson too by working within the organization, but we as leaders may learn too from them. And I think it's it's a good way to do it. In fact, in Hewlett Packard days, we used to do, we used to have grads come in in the HR space, if I can put it that way, even and in the business, and we'll have a graduate actually assigned to a senior vice president or a vice president, right? And they would be mentored mm. by that person. But we would encourage reverse mentoring. In other words, we would encourage the graduate to mentor that senior leader around areas that that senior leader may have some little bit of an understanding that something's out there, but doesn't have a deep understanding. And so that person would help them. Social media, other things that were happening in life. And it was really quite interesting to see the dynamics and how that would change. But when we did debriefs and that, one of the major things that we've, we found out other than the graduate learning a lot was that senior leader learning a huge amount from that graduate. And they didn't realize that they didn't understand these certain things, even though they actually had kids themselves. And so, yeah. so it was really quite interesting to see the whole dynamic change. And I think you're right in what you said about the leadership is no longer a pyramid. It's, it's, the, it's about collaborating together as an organization, as a team. 
I remember, you know, a lot of people, the leader would actually keep the financials very close to their chest and want to share with people. Today, they share it with the team and the team buy into it and know what's going on. Yeah, it's really yeah. quite interesting seeing all that, how it changes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I remember actually in my early 20s, I was working um, in newspaper and I just got into the newspaper industry and we were in a big meeting and I, they asked a question and I was too naive at that point to realize I shouldn't respond. And so I just told everyone what my opinion was. And it really turned out to be a very good thing because it helped me get recognized but also, it really did help, I think, those around me realize some of the things they were doing that still were really outdated. Um, and so, I don't know, it's it's interesting hearing your stories about Hewlett-Packard because I think that, that that is really important. And as you mentioned, too, like that level of transparency is so valuable because it just helps it helps everyone feel like they're working together instead of under you know, in that hierarchical system. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's that hierarchy and then people are thinking, oh, can I do this? Can I say things? Should I say things? And it's like, come on, let's let's go for it because there are there are so many ideas that can come from people like you. You know, you, you shared that idea or you shared your thoughts, your opinions, and people are like, oh, and it is about putting your hand up to be more visible. Sure, there's more impact. There is that visibility, which is risky at times, but you know, that's why we go ahead in life is because we are willing to put a hand up and have that courage to do it, which is really quite interesting. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I have been talking about the leadership from a, the lens of a leader. Um, if we were to flip that now and change gears and start thinking about looking through the lens of an employee, you and I have been employees in the past in our life, and we know people who are employees in other organizations. So when we think about employees, has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's it's totally changed. And, you know, for me, one of the things that is so important for us to look at is the opportunities today are so much different than they were, you know, even 15 or 20 years ago. So I think that because the opportunities have changed, that has changed the expectation. You know, my father-in-law worked for a massive bank in, you know, in the U.S. for his entire career. Hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly how many years that was, but I mean, I think it was like 35 years he worked for the same company. And that doesn't really happen anymore, right? I mean, people move, people change. And the other thing that I think is so important is you know, kind of getting back to that fragmentation piece that I was talking about before, I think that in years past, it really felt like there were, you know, maybe there were a hundred different lanes you could go down, but there were a hundred and now there's unlimited opportunity, right? So it's like you take opportunities that maybe were on a national scale and you look at the global scale of things now, right? So how many different places could someone go to work? I also think that it's become so increasingly, and I think even more so post-pandemic, it's become so acceptable to be like, oh, I'm a digital nomad. Oh, like, I just work off of Upwork. Oh, I just do whatever, right? Or I'm going to take a gap year. I'm going to take 10 gap years, right? I mean, people just do whatever they want to do. And I think that they're, it feels like people have a lot more freedoms perhaps than they used to have. And truthfully, I feel like there's a lot less fear from people. It used to be like, oh, you can't quit your job. Mm. If you quit your job, like what's going to happen? 
And now people are like, ah, oh, I don't like the way she talked to me yesterday. I'm going to quit. <laughs> yep. And so I really think in some ways it's as though the employees have the upper hand oftentimes. And so we as leaders need to figure out how are we not going to necessarily, you know, succumb to, you know, that kind of, you know, pressure, because as a leader, it's still important for you to lead. And I, I think the things that haven't changed are definitely, we still need to have KPIs in place. We still need to have a really solid vision about what it is that we're doing and creating. We still need to make sure we're working on open communication. I mean, some of the basics of leadership certainly haven't changed, and we need to make sure that those are still cornerstones for us. But um, it's important to realize that those that are around us and our team members, they have lots and lots of different opportunities and they aren't necessarily just going to stick with you because you're giving them a paycheck. You know, they're going to stick with you because they like you, because they like the work they're doing, because they feel like they're doing something greater than themselves, because they have creative, you know, freedom, because they have flexibility. You know, I think that one of the greatest parts about, for us, we're a remote organization and we were even pre-pandemic, but the greatest part about working at home is this level of freedom and flexibility that you have or the ability to say, you know, I lived in California a year ago. Now I live in Florida and that's great. You know, maybe next year I'll move to New Zealand. Who knows, you know? So, but I could still do my work and my employees could still do their work anywhere that they're at. So all of those different little elements, I think, really go together into leadership. And even just managing a remote team is so much different Mm. than an in-person team. And some days I love it and some days I hate it, but all of those pieces are different. And ultimately, when we're talking about leadership, it comes to the point of saying that team member is expecting to be led differently than a team member would have in the past. And so as a leader, if you're not able to be the person who can lead them, that really puts you, you know, in it at, at, at a disadvantage. I love it. Team members need to be or are ex- uh, expect to be led differently uh, than they have been in the past. And I, it's so right. I mean, I've been taking heaps of notes here. And I think the other one that I really wrote down before was about unlimited opportunities in front of you. Now, I think there's a lot of people today who've been sitting in their, or they're sitting in their roles today, as an example, who are bored, who really want to go and do something else in life, but they're too scared to, or they, they're not dreaming big enough. This is probably another way of putting going back to what you said earlier on, right? And so I think there is people who should be really now starting to think about whether they need to move on. And it's okay to move on, but be calculated in taking that risk. Be very thoughtful. Think about what you're actually wanting to do to move on because we do have this great resignation happening and people do know that they can go out there and get another job, 30%, 40% pay increase. And thank you very much. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying that. But, you know, is the grass really greener on the other side? I don't know. And it really comes down to the common denominator, which is you. And I th- and I think it's about what you do with it and, and where you're going as well, which is really important. But you know what? Some of you just said before, Heather, which was about liking that leader. You know, in marketing, even advertising, things like that, we talk about know, like, and trust. I think that as leaders, if they don't know us, like us, or trust us, then they're going to leave. And not only do right. they leave, but they're going to tell the world why they left that organization, they go into things like Glassdoor and name you as a leader. And I left this because they were useless or whatever happened. And 
It's really sad to see. But you know what? I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for some leaders as well. Not all leaders, some in particular. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Now, I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out here and start talking about the future or thinking about it. And that is, where do you see leadership being in five years? Yeah, so I think that one of the most important things about leadership is that, like we were talking about before, it's not about a pyramid. And I really think that it's unrealistic to expect that a small handful of people at the top can make meaningful decisions for the entire business or corporation that you're working with. And it's about having individual leadership. So I believe that leadership is something that all people should have. And as we look at leadership in the upcoming years, I really do believe that we're going to have less and less of that oh, I have to report to my manager. Oh, I have to get these reports in. Oh, you know, I have to stay and clock out at five o'clock. It's about taking really leadership of yourself. And we had kind of mentioned that earlier in the conversation. As an entrepreneur, if you can't lead yourself, you're going to be out of business, right? And so you... I really think that as we see leadership unfold um, in the upcoming years, it's just going to become increasingly evident that each person needs to be able to lead themselves, especially as we're talking about, you know, like we said, there are so many different paths that someone could take. And really having that ability to take these different paths requires that you as an individual are a leader for yourself and a leader for all the people that you come into contact with. And I also think that really it's just like it always has been, but I think it's just will increasingly get down to relationships that, you know, people are looking for more significant meaning. And one of the great parts about all of this connectedness and online connectedness that we have is that you and I can have this great conversation right now, right? And then anyone else in the world who wants to listen to it once it publishes can listen to it. But what we're taking away is we're taking away a lot of the individual face-to-face relationships that we have. And so I think that we're just going to continue as a society to crave more and more of that connection and more of that relationship. So I think that's going to become increasingly important. Yeah, I love it. And, and you know what's really important here is about that, what you just said around the individual leaders. I just wrote down those words is, is the fact that we're going to have leaders who are individuals, who have a voice, who have a say, who have an opinion, just like Heather did when she was young and she put her hand up and actually gave that opinion in that meeting and probably frowned upon by a few people. Oh, you just don't do it that way. But you know what? That's what's needed at times. And it's really important. But people are looking for more significance. Uh, They are definitely looking at that Mm -hmm. for that. And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was about the voice being heard of the leaders and having their voices developed and think it's very, very important. In fact, that's what drives me still today, close to 300 episodes into it, right, to, to make sure that we're getting the voice of leaders heard around the world. And it's nothing like, and I don't know about you, Heather, where you get, you know, I'm sure you do, you won't get a phone call or a message from someone around the world saying, hey, I was out on my walk this morning, listen to a podcast, listen to yours, and I love when you said this. And I'm like, fool. I didn't realize I said that, but you know, it's really amazing that they, they're taking it and our voice, yeah. our actions, our, uh, our words make impact. And I think it's really important. And that's what is, that can be significant based on what it is and what you've said as well. So yeah, some good points. Thank you. Yeah, mm. absolutely. 
Now, Heather, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? So LinkedIn is definitely my favorite place. Um, we, you know, we do have have stuff out there on lots of different social channels. But if you're interested in engaging with me, LinkedIn would be the place to go. You can find me over there at Heather Osgood. Um, and I also do have a website, heatherosgood.com. And if you're interested in learning more about podcast advertising, that could be a good place to go as well. Awesome. Heather, thank you once again for being with me on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. There you go, listeners. Make sure you dream bigger. Dream a bigger dream. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.